0: Welcome to Well Played, a podcast on all things playful and joyous. The Well Played podcasts are about having combos with real educators who are passionate about making learning immersive and fun. Today I have Adam Renard back on the show, and we're talking about review games and kind of that next level of review games, kind of going beyond Jeopardy. So uh, let's take a moment and introduce ourselves, Adam.
1: Hello, I am Adam Renard. I... We'll be teaching in Ohio come next year, uh, fourth grade science, and looking forward to it.
0: That's awesome. Once again, I'm your host, Michael Matera, author of Explore Like a Pirate. I hope you can check out you know, the my blog, Explore Like a Pirate, and this blog, uh, wellplayedview.com. So, Adam, let's uh, dive right into review games. I want to start with just sort of a, a homage to... Jeopardy, great game! It's a review game. I think we've all used in our in our classes, uh, and I think I'll, students when they would see that Jeopardy was on my board were like, "Yay, we're doing a review game today!" They were all excited. Uh, so I've definitely used it, and I don't want to tell people they shouldn't. But this podcast is just can we can we spice it up a little bit so we're not all using Jeopardy? Uh, there there are other review games that we can build or augment ourselves.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it, and you know, we, we, we use Jeopardy so much, we fall back on it. There have been so many templates created, um, of people doing it and adding in the scores and being able to change and, and interact with that. I, I've definitely been inspired though, over the last year and a half, two years, just to really alter the way that I do that and review with kids. Yeah.
0: And there are just so many like cool ways to spice up a review game uh, and kind of go above and beyond Jeopardy or or just even trick out your Jeopardy game. Uh, you can even go that route. Take an existing game and, you know, mess with the scoring system a little bit, change up how people get picked for questions. There's lots of ways to spice up a review game. Uh, in your experience, I mean, review games are always a highlight for the
1: students, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. They're excited at it any time it's coming up.
0: Right, and then these only, when we spice it up, when we go beyond Jeopardy, it only makes it that much greater, that much better. Uh, in my classroom, uh, I call all of my review days uh, Royal Rumbles, so they fit my <laughs> sort of Realm of Nobles theme, uh, mm-hmm. and that's kind of fun. And I also kind of try different formats, so kids mm-hmm. never know what the Royal Rumble's going to going to be exactly i don't always it's not like i use jeopardy every time i i will trade out all sorts of games similar mechanics but different a little different scoring mechanism a little different way the questions get asked or answered um one example of a review game i do that i sort of make thematic a little bit is Mm -hmm. in my is in my egypt unit i make a map of egypt a really crude map of egypt on the floor Uh, with some masking tape, some textbooks for elevation. And then I went to like Walmart and got a bag of little army men. Mm -hmm. And I put them all over, some going down the river, some like up on the mound, some to the east and the west, blah, blah, blah. Right? And then kids answer questions in the review by by their groups. And if their group gets it correct, I give them a poker chip. And I use poker chips (laughs) for all of my review games. They great scorekeeper whatever so they get these poker chips the poker chips are not points for me the poker chips are opportunities for points and at the end of the game or in the middle of the game what I what I've done is um, they use paper footballs and each chip is an opportunity to hit a paper football at one of these army men and your score is the number of army men you've knocked down one
1: I like that. One a, that is a fantastic
0: idea. One I love seeing kids try to like use a paper football because they no longer know how to do that anymore. Um mm-hmm. two, it it solves some of the Jeopardy problems. There's a in review game design, there's this problem called the Jeopardy effect, when groups realize, oh, that team's already thousands of points ahead, there's no way Sometimes, literally, there isn't enough points on the board for me to win. And then also, sometimes, even if there are, you kind of realize that they're going to answer some, you're going to answer some, so there's really no way you're going to catch up. This gets rid of the Jeopardy effect because these are just opportunities for points. So, I have definitely had it where the group that got 20 chips lost the group that got five chips because they hit (laughs) down more guys, right? Absolutely. and. It kind of keeps everybody in, so each chip matters, and even that group that has five chips, they'd be better off if they had six chips, right? But it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. that that other group has 20 chips. Like, they still might lose. Um, (laughs) so, So something to think about in our design, as we think about designing review games, is combating that Jeopardy effect.
1: All right. So that is a great idea in terms of like just kind of keeping kids motivated, keep them going and being excited about what they're doing. I uh, did something similar in my classroom where I had this idea to take um, the wooden cube blocks and have kids earn uh, a certain number. And I took – have you ever played the board game Jamaica? Uh, I used the, yes. the idea where they rolled two dice and each team got to pick uh, which one would be which. So if they got the question right, each team would earn six blocks. If they got the – or they would earn six blocks and they would earn four strips of paper or they would earn if – some if they rolled a five and a three – they could make it five strips of paper and three blocks instead. So one team got to choose or each team got to choose. I tried it both ways. It worked better when one team got to pick whether it was the first number was the blocks and which number was the, the strips of paper. But so they would work through a math question and they would get that many strips of paper and that many blocks. And they had a little tape square they could build their tower up in. And the strips of paper could be put together to create boulders of any size. So we had a the rolling phase, answering the question, receiving the resources that they got, and then an attack phase. And I set the room up in a circle. So they were building these on the center of their table and they were on islands. And they got to take the boulders that they had created at any point and declare. They're an attack on any team around the table or around the the different tables. And what was great is they were like, well, what do we do about the, the teams next to us? I said, well, logically, that's the guys you're going to pick on. I said, but what do we do when, you know, these guys decide to throw little balls of paper that are, you know, half a centimeter or me, five centimeters big and the other team that pulls all their resources and gets a ball the size of a fist. And it was great. I mean, the kids were answering, they were working, they were working well as teams and as partners and just trying to make sure that everybody got it so that they got the resources to build. So
0: That's, that sounds like a, just a really sort of complex, but at the same time, streamlined game that has lots of mechanics, lots of things going on. And it, it again combats that jeopardy effect because you, you don't, You can't perfectly calculate Mm -hmm. out who's winning. So you're kind of always on the edge of your seat. Lots of strategic Mm -hmm. decisions. And that's another thing I love about gamification in general is this idea of constantly thinking. I mean, these are high order thinking skills to decide what's best Mm -hmm. to do in the game on top of the review. Like your mind has to be engaged because you're asked and forced to make so many decisions on top of the review. Uh, and I, I mean, I think brain-based research shows that like an active and engaged mind is going to retain that knowledge better. It's going to be connected. It's going to be mm-hmm. imprinted. Maybe it's the better word on them. Uh, I, another thing you mentioned, which I liked, and and I think is worthy of pause in in our yeah. conversation here, is this notion of you you said you tried it both ways. You tried that like one group mm-hmm. could decide, or multiple groups could decide. And, and this is just such a key point. You don't have to make your game mm-hmm. perfect, right? Like you can try it both ways, especially if you're a middle school or a high school teacher that teaches the same yep. section multiple times. Or if you're a elementary school teacher that maybe you do, maybe you're in charge of science and all the kids mm-hmm. rotate through science, you know, so whatever. If you have the opportunity to teach the same lesson multiple times, ch- change the game up. Or within the same period, don't. You you can you can tell students this isn't working. Let's try this other thing, or or you can just call it the next level. Like we finished round one, <laughs> where where everyone got to decide. Now we're moving to round two, which like you're just fixing the game yeah. in front of their face. But you can make you can make it seem it's, that's the out. the
1: what the the risk legacy idea the concept of of something that changes each time each round each you know the very vari- some variable of the game changes based on something that happened before. Um, no, that's,
0: that's a neat game component, but just something to remind everybody that like these games don't have to be perfectly designed my paper football one. Yeah. You know, you can tweak it, you can add your own rules. You can, maybe they have to construct their paper football and it's time. Like maybe, that. you know, like maybe, maybe each chip is so much time to build and shoot. Like, I don't know. That's like a different way to yeah. play the game, you know? So, so each chip represents yeah. time, like minutes to go do it. Like, I don't know, that could be cool. Uh, lots of different yeah. ways to play it. Your game <laughs> sounds awesome. Cause it also involves, uh, like a proven game technique. And if you can think of ways to build this into your view, do it. People, a proven game technique is player interaction. Anytime you can increase the interaction between the number of players, typically the the more mm-hmm. liked the game is. Um, when we talk about the Bartle test and which type mm-hmm. of gamer people are, that the largest segment of gamers fall under the category yes. of socializers. So, ha- having player interact. I'm I happen to be an explorer. I like explorer <laughs> exploratory type things. But uh, the number one gamer is socializer. So having things that matter, like what the group next mm-hmm. to you is doing, or ways to hurt your neighbor or help your neighbor, like just ways that we can interact as players, steal points, Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. Typically the better the game goes. So as you guys look to design your game or modify already existing games, think about that ways you can increase or build in.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, we had, I will be honest, the, the best thing that, that ever, um, kind of happened in terms of this year when we were playing review games was pulling in power-ups too, because I would always see kind of what's coming down the pipe, what kind of game are we playing and what are we doing? And I would, you know, flush the system a little bit with a few, uh, in that case, there was a power up called we will rebuild, which is if you lose, you know, this number of resource gain this much to help build up and trying to generalize it so that it would be useful outside of this one situation. But, it was, it was good to think about, okay, if I want to put this in for my competitive kids or if I want to include this aspect for my socializers, how can I increase their involvement because they like it? So my super creative kid who wants to build something big, if something, you know, if their tower falls over and they lose some of their pieces, which if they fell outside of the tape square, they would lose some pieces, um, then they could get more back and you started to see them kind of figure out how to use those things. Uh, We also had one that was called um, vengeance will be mine, which doubled the amount of paper strips that they would get in the next round so that they could make it even bigger. So it was fun.
0: Uh, That's, I mean, you can, Adam, you bring up some key, key elements and key points here. I mean, This idea also with Mm -hmm. your gamified class. So, we're talking about reviews today, but if you widen it out to all the topics Mm -hmm. we've had on Well Played and talk about items that you could have with inside or power ups, whatever term you use in your gamified class, that then affect these Mm -hmm. review games, right? Even traditional Jeopardy, right? You could have ones where, like, you could create your own daily double with a particular item, or, you know, your points are doubled if you streak, you know, like that'd be pretty cool. You know, like that's, that's not in jeopardy, but we can add those things now. Right. Like that's what I love about gamification. Like our creativity has no bounds anymore. Like we are the game designers. Like it's such an empowering feeling. And when you see that, how excited students are by it, like, I don't know about you, Adam, but it, it drives me to like want to create that next, that next game. I mean, I love that you were thinking about, what's in there for my creative kid that wants to build that. So you built in an item that he can, he or she can build to his heart's content. Um,
1: The the other, the other aspect I think that was really cool and, and something that when we talked about it and when we looked at it and certainly when I read your book, um, we talked about the idea of using envelopes and using that for scoring. That's another thing that pulls away the jeopardy effect because you, even if they're the first kid done, or even if they're the kid who signals first, or even if, you know, whatever, you're not pulling anybody out of it. If I have an envelope that has a 50, 240s, 230s, 210s, tens, two twenty, you know, or 220s, 210s, and I put them in order and I tell the kids, uh, okay, I'm going to put the highest envelope in the middle or I'm going to put them in order. So if a kid, you know, grabs the one on the left and the one on the left is a 40, they know that the next one over has to be a 50 and then it's a 40 on the other side and then it's 30. So what I did was that, you know, we kind of leveled where things were so that it would give teams clues. So the first team that got up had the chance to get the highest one, but they didn't have any clues of which envelope to pick if they got the right answer. Um, but that takes away that whole jeopardy effect because you're not watching a team, you know, shoot out ahead of everybody else and leave everybody else in the dust everybody has a chance to do well
0: now i'm that was another cool idea that my mind is just like reeling with things to do so this i use envelopes in some of my games but i, I never thought about let you know laying them out in numerical order but like you said not knowing if it's left or right it's in right the, directly left, in the middle and everything
1: know. kind of goes downward from both sides you know
0: yeah, like there 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 is some sort mm-hmm. of pattern. Um but then I was thinking, what if you did left to right, make it like mm-hmm. a simple pattern, but on some of them when they open it up, you know, it might say forty points, but then at the bottom it might also say and move oh. one card. <laughs> so then So then it's a little like shell game, like, Oh, do you do we remember? Was it Envelope three that got moved? I think Envelope Three got moved. So if we remember where it was, that would be the fifty point card, but the it's now second envelope. Yeah. Over the second envelope, which was probably only yeah. a five point card. That would be brilliant.
1: I would love that.
0: I totally wanna like never thought I'd say this, but I like, want to get back to school right now and like give me give me give me my give me my hundred kids so I can run a
1: yeah review game now. Yeah, that was good. We did another one too where I added a, a penalty box. Where it was similar, we used we used the, the envelope system so that you know nobody would get necessarily too far behind. but um, some of them would have a point total in the word penalty box in the corner. So the next screen would have a main review problem, and then it would have like a small thing that was maybe like a vocabulary thing or just recognition of something simple that they had to do. And so in order to do it, or to get up to pick it, they would have to complete both parts of the problem. And, um, sure. So they, what it it increased and there were a large number of penalty box items, but what they started to do and what I allowed them to do was teams were allowed to mark an envelope. So you, the, you know, they were able to bring up a marker and they were able to put one symbol on an envelope to try to help them remember which one was which. But what other kids would do, so if a kid put a money sign on the 50 point and the 50 point was the highest, uh, another kid might mark another one with the, <laughs> with the money sign and they would start kind of replicating it just to make it harder to find that thing. Or, you know, when I think I had one that said skip a turn and what was really interesting about it is the one group that had happened to, they put a skull on it and they told kind of, you know, they, and they walked away from it. And nobody picked it for the rest of the game. It was great <laughs> because they helped each other out and they, they didn't want to get it. And so everybody else benefited from that one kind of moment. And it was later, I think, another group for letting, or for that group marking it, try to helping them out, was like they mar- they got right before that other group and they marked it with, or, and, and all they wrote was 50 points on the, on the front of the 50-point card just to help them out on the last turn, just to be nice to them. <laughs> so, it was Very good nice. sportsmanship. I appreciated it.
0: I do, speaking mm-hmm. of penalty box, I do a review game. Well, actually, I use it maybe two or three review games. I tape on the floor with masking tape mm-hmm. a box. And if someone in your group gets the question wrong, they have to go to... I call it the pit. They have to go to the pit. And you can use the pit several different ways. I actually have some buzzers that I use. And the pit, when I use the buzzers, the pit has its own buzzer. But that means like everyone that's in the pit has one buzzer to Mm -hmm. sort of clamor for and be the hand on the buzzer. And if your hand is on the buzzer, then you are (laughs) not want to out. But that means means the pit is competing against the four groups that still are alive. And then everybody's in the pit, and then it's just fun to see. And then, again, when the pit gets too unruly and there's too many people in there, then I sort of say, like, all right, by answering the next question, you can pick, like, three people to get out of the pit, you know, to sort of, like, help pull some people out. Um, Or if there isn't enough people in the pit, if, like, wow, my, you know, this class, everyone knows the content so well, I'm not getting anybody in the pit, then there starts to be, like, by getting the next question right, you get to pick three people to go in the pit. <laughs> like, um, but by but by uh, part of me wants to bring this up by by to to sort of again reiterate the point: we are yep. the game designers. So knowing I'm going to have a pit occasionally in mm-hmm. my game or in my review games, then in my larger gamified class game, some of my items revolve around that idea. Like if you. I don't know i we learned the greek unit and we learned about the the trireme this awesome ship it was like the height of technology in the mediterranean and so one of mine is if they get three triremes they're safe from the pit they've they've made a navy Hmm. and they're safe from the pit like right so like just an example of an item you can build that you're not giving away grade points you're not allowing like a missing assignment or anything it is an in-game benefit that some kids are really yep. proud to have. Like, I, I hate that darn pit. Oh, but I have a Navy. I'm yeah. safe from it. Like, other kids can't send me in there. I can get a question wrong and I'm not going to have to go down there. Uh, so, right, like, these are just another idea where we can create games mm-hmm. on top of games and infuse those things, change the game a little bit. You know, like I talked about double the mm-hmm. points in Jeopardy or things like that, right? But, like... it's just so exciting to be that game designer over and above a pre-existing game
1: or one. And just how, you know, thinking about how to get kids involved, you know, what can a simple tool do? Even if like, even if you're not somebody who's going to sit around and think to yourself of a pit mechanic or a, boulder and tower mechanic or, uh, you know, just what little things you can do with something simple, like we talked about envelopes or dice or just the little things that you can do to kind of tweak the standard formula, even just pulling kids in more, Um, you know, especially when it comes state testing time. You can't you can only sit around and put so many questions on a board and be like, all right, what is this question really asking? What what is what is the trick words? What are the distractors? What are the what are the things that this question is doing? You know, you wanna you wanna pull some of that in to keep your kids engaged.
0: Yeah, I mean dice. You brought up a whole other category that you can add to a game or center your game around, and talk about something that is ripe for adding items to it. Right, like or power ups allowing somebody to re-roll, adding mm-hmm. numbers to a die taking numbers off a die if they roll multiple die can they shift some some of the dots mm-hmm. from one die to another die to like balance things out maybe your game is they have to roll doubles if they're allowed to do you know shift some they could also mm-hmm. create doubles kind of kind of thing uh, i don't know there's just lots of things you can do or take games that we all know take like take the yahtzee mm-hmm. formula and build build that in to a to a review game where they're answering certain questions, then they get to roll. And if dies. they get so much of
1: something that's, they can you know, really pull themselves back into a game or yeah, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do or bonuses that they could get. If you know, they roll this many ones, you also get this thing. Um, so yeah. it was, it, it is definitely fun. I will tell you, I do have quite a funny anecdote in this. Uh, a good friend of mine who teaches English, um in with eighth graders. They're they're gearing up for their you know standardized test at the end of the year. And she sends me a quick email and she goes, I gotta know, do you do you have foam dice? And I went, Well, what would make you think that I have foam dice? And she goes, You seem like a foam dice kind of guy. Do you have them? Well, yeah, but what makes you think that why did i come on? she said come on now and you're a foam dice kind of guy i was like okay (laughs) proud of it too yeah
0: i i will admit in my gamified class i have a few i don't know kind of epic roles kids have to do at some certain points and I went on Amazon and looked up, you know, mm-hmm. big dice and you can get on there some foam dice that are, I don't know, eight inches by eight inches or whatever. And so I picked those up for 10 bucks or whatever. And kids do love like holding these dice and just tossing yeah. them out there. Um, so, you know, if you want to pick up actual tactile, like there are digital tools you could use for mm-hmm. die rolling if you wanted. But again, I just this is don't miss out on this opportunity. Like this is a physical thing where it's just awesome to hold the dice. Even if you get regular dice and just let them roll it on the ground, it, uh, let them roll those bones. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And, and again, dice can be a great way to produce mm-hmm. that Epic moment where, you know, you got to roll that one or you got to roll that six and boom. And Yep. Nine out of 10 times. They don't roll it, but when like, they do. Boom, and they and
1: talk it. about a situation, where every kid who is disengaged in your room will stand up and lean forward to see what number came up on those dice. Whereas if you just assign a point value it. to a question, they don't have to think about it. But you, you want to create a moment. You tie it to a dice roll or to a spinner or to you know a coin flip or what's in the envelope. And they all just sit and hold their breath and wait to see. And
0: or i mean list listing the things you just listed again thinking like the game designer my mind is just constantly rattled with like how can mm-hmm. we take that and spin it so you said spinners you said coin toss you said die roll i thought like well what if what if you combine those two what if you flip a coin and if you get heads your mm-hmm. die roll's doubled if you get tails your die yeah. roll is what your die roll is you know you know so like now you got like two functions like oh my gosh they got the double Double, what did they roll? Oh, they only rolled like a two.
1: So it's a large yeah. difference between 12 and four,
0: <laughs> right? But like, in that, like, that could just be another layer of like, and it involves more students. One kid flips the coin, one yeah. kid rolls the die. You know, you got more engagement. Uh, you know, like, I don't know. Again, another item you could add. Maybe another team could yeah. reflip the coin, you know, like, oh, you got the double. Now I'm going to flip the coin for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to totally hurt, so it's not super painful. Like it's still the choice of gaining regular amount of points, but it's or it's loss of points. power. But now, but yeah, and it's a little player interaction. I get to grab the coin from you, and now I have yeah. your fate in my hand, and I flip it, and you got to watch that little thing fly through the air and see it mm-hmm. land and spin. And oh my gosh! And while you had so little
1: to do with it in the beginning it's still watching it and knowing you have no interaction with that thing that chooses your fate. It's just gut zero. (laughs) Yeah. I love dice. It's changed a lot. (laughs) Well,
0: speaking of that, I think we're going to do a little reflection time. Uh, and this one's, this one's a little different. This one's a little out of the box, but we'll see, uh, it's by Kingsley Amos and the idea here is yeah, they're talking about, they're using the word review as like Amazon review, not or like a review of sure. a play or a musical not our kind of review but I, I thought it still fit a bad review may spoil mm-hmm. your breakfast but you shouldn't allow it to spoil mm-hmm. your lunch
1: it's very, very metaphorical to isn't it, uh, the idea of of spoiling as you were just saying you 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 flip that coin it becomes a four instead of a 12. oh your team loses oh it's so gut-wrenching so we've spoiled the breakfast but but i believe the idea you're going for here right is we can spoil the breakfast but the the review itself is is the lunch is the breakfast but the lunch is the the assessment is that what you're going for
0: yeah i think so that's what i'm going for that like yeah, like kids are kids and there's going to be some kids that are really passionate and some of them might be upset. Some of them be, you be know, downright disappointed that they lost the game or they don't like that you flip that coin and change their fate. Uh, and so they, they might be a little down on that mm-hmm. moment, but, but the power of this, of these review games or of gamification is it, it, I don't think it spoils the lunch. I think it makes the review, which is the lunch or the, the assessment, mm-hmm. which is the lunch just that much more rich like it these moments are like i said they're imprinted on them i think that the review is remembered they they want to do better they want to do better on the actual if you tie it to so... an
1: experience they, they will remember it much better than if if they just do something that, that's very mundane and very just buy the book and the same thing that you keep doing all the time so we're able to tie it to that dice roll, to tie it to that moment, and yeah, I think they remember it much better, and that lunch is much better. So I think you're right. I think we got it. I think this is a wrap. So uh,
0: you know, Adam, I want to just say thanks for getting us excited about <laughs> assessment—not something that often gets said—but in that gamified world, we can make assessment and the review of that assessment absolutely awesome so no know, problem. thanks for coming no problem for all of you guys out there as always stay connected share out your ideas with us on explore like a pirate or uh, uh, it please use our hashtag hashtag xplap or for the podcast hashtag You. Uh, and we're all hoping that you're playing well and you're enjoying the week and
1: Enjoy, folks.